0: Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week we celebrate classic Rodent Cartoons as we put Angel Mouse up against Tales of the Two Fairies. And we take a special look at the iconic Super Mouse or Mighty Mouse. And we talk about the wacky Mighty Mouse The New Adventures. That was a show. woo! Producer Paul and I are in different locations, but as ever, we're still here to bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's Producer Paul.
1: Hey man, how's it going?
0: I'm alright, thanks.
1: How are you? Yeah, we're getting there, we're getting there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I just wanted to say to uh, our Black American listeners, uh, belated Happy Juneteenth. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, if uh, you guys don't know about that, then uh, get to know. It's a very uh, important holiday for uh, for Black people in America. So uh, definitely do the, uh, the research and I hope uh, our Black American listeners had a, a good Juneteenth. And uh, sticking to that um, sentiment, I mean, if you guys remember, I spoke to uh, Dante Lee and his father, who goes by The Undiscovered Artist, and uh, about how Dante was um, suffering from uh, symptoms of coronavirus but couldn't get a test. And then his dad wrote uh, a song about it. And uh, they've got another song, called I can't breathe so that was also available wherever you get or wherever you listen to your music from it's a a song which is a, in memory of of George Floyd called I can't breathe i think it's very um topical right now and yeah it's definitely well worth checking out to two great guys and i enjoy talking to them and uh yeah go check out their 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 new song called I Can't Breathe. So yeah available wherever you get your music from. So right let's uh, let's get down to brass tacks or whatever the expression is. We're going to start with the special Mighty Mouse. So we're going all the way back to October 1942. Yes, wow I, I, I did I did I did hear that wow that you said. It was very quiet. But yeah, some of the things happening in the world, of course, World War II, right right smack bang in the middle of it. I think the Battle of El Alamein was probably one of the more significant things happening during um during the war in uh, 1942. I've actually been to uh, El Alamein. Oh really? Yeah, I mean it was it's just a desert really. It was um cuz when I was living in Egypt, uh, the British embassy said, "Oh, we're doing um a war memorial for uh El Alamein. If you guys want to come along." And I think a couple of us were like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" It was a half decent day trip. And uh yeah, there was uh, oh there was such an amazing spread. As well, like the spread was probably bigger than the whole town, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, it was a it was a very uh, educational and poignant trip. It was to uh...
1: do, do you know when um, when the Germans went to fight the Russians? Yeah, um, they they didn't have enough tanks, so they had to send the ones from the desert campaigns, uh-huh. and they didn't have any paint, so they said they they couldn't paint the tanks. So they had like yellow tanks going to. Um, to fight in the snow with russia oh
0: well yeah i mean they at the risk of rambling on about the war yeah there were a lot of um
1: during the war huh during the war all
0: right yeah don't want don't want to go uncle albert <laughs> and then sinking the ship as it always does comedy duo abbott and costello launched their weekly radio show the st louis cardinals defeated the new york yankees 4-2 to win the world series by Four Games to One. Now Voyager was in the cinemas. And I've Got a Gal in Kalamazoo by Glenn Miller was uh, number one in October 1942. So that leads us on nicely to Mighty Mouse. So this was a animated anthropomorphic superhero mass character that was created by the Terrytoons studio for 20th century fox it was actually originally called super mouse and he it made his debut in 1942 in the mass of tomorrow and then the name was changed to mighty mouse And it went on to star in 80 theatrical shorts, concluding in 1961. And also in 1955, Mighty Mouse Playhouse debuted as a Saturday morning cartoon show on CBS. And it actually popularized the character more than the theatrical run, because I think it gave viewers an opportunity to actually sit down and watch Mighty Mouse, as opposed to, I think, going to the cinema to 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 kind of watch it and there's actually been lots of um incarnations and revivals so filmation revived the character in the new adventures of mighty mouse and heckle and jekyll which ran from 1979 to 1980 and director Ralph Bakshi revived the concept again in mighty mouse the new adventures from 1987 to 1989 And we'll probably talk about that in a little bit. And obviously it had its own comic books by several publishers. And it had its own series, Mighty Mouse and the Adventures of Mighty Mouse, which ran from 1946 to 1968. Mighty Mouse is known for his catchy theme song, Mighty Mouse. It's called the Mighty Mouse theme, Here I Come to Save the Day which was written by composer Marshall Barra. And the character came from an idea by animator Isidore Klein at Terry 2 Studio, who actually suggested a parody of the popular Superman character and originally made some sketches of a superhero fly. And Paul Terry, who was the head of the studio, liked the idea, but he wanted a mouse rather than an insect. And yeah, he was dubbed Super Mouse. And in his book of Mice and Magic, critic Leonard Matlin describes the character's origin story. So uh, brace yourself, guys. Cats of the city have imposed a reign of terror on the rodent community. The mice have barely a chance to live in peace, with endless traps and clever feline footwork sealing their dorm. Sealing their dorm, sealing their doom, rather. One mouse manages to escape from a particularly hungry cat and runs for shelter into an enormous supermarket. He examines the goods along on the lines of the shelves and sets to work on a total transformation. He bathes in super soap, swallows super soup munches super celery and plunges headfirst into an enormous piece of super cheese, from which he emerges in a flash as Super Mouse. He's no longer a tiny rodent, but a two-footed, humanized mouse, mouse with a massive chest and powerful biceps. His costume is like Superman's, with a flowing red cape, and his powers are similar too. He can fly through the air and repel bullets with his chest, Super Mouse soars to the rescue of his fellow mice and dispatches the neighborhood cats to the moon. Returning to Earth, he's hoisted on the shoulders of his happy comrades as the narrator declares, Thus ends the adventure of Supermouse. He's seen his job and he done it. So that was pretty much a summary of the first episode, really. So, uh... And uh, Variety actually said about the mice of tomorrow, and I quote, It just misses being outstanding, mainly because of faulty narration and too much kidding of Superman. Idea of super conquering prowling beasts of feline world is good, but too closely follows a pattern of that superhero. And yeah, there was um, lots of spoofs. So for example, in Frankenstein's cat, in uh, Pandora's box, he battles bat-winged cat demons, and I think there was also some episodes where there was a lot of um, World War vibes. So
1: yeah, I got instead that.
0: of fighting the cats, it will be maybe the cats will be the Nazis in one episode, or there will be um, actual human beings and and things and things of that nature. And Mighty Mouse's superpowers are vast, and sometimes it limitless so his main powers include flight super strength and invulnerability and the early cartoons often portray him as a ruthless fighter and one of his frequent tactics is to fly under an enemy's chin and let loose a volley of blows subduing the opponent through sheer physical punishment and his powers can vary depending on the demands of the story He's sometimes knocked unconscious or rendered temporarily immobile by the villain, only to rise again by the end of the cartoon and save the day. And in some films, he actually uses x-ray vision and psychokinesis. And even, I think, Paul Terry had said that Mighty Mouse's power had a religious aspect. And what he said was, and I quote, when a man is sick or down or hurt, you say, there's nothing more we can do. It's in God's hand. And he either survives or he doesn't, according to God's plan, right? So man's extremity is God's opportunity. So that, so taking that as a basis, I'd only have to get the mice in a tough spot and then say, isn't there someone who can help? Yes, there is someone. It's Mighty Mouse. So down from the heavens, he'd come sailing down and lick the evil spirit, or whoever it was, and everything would be serene again. And, yeah, like I said, they would have cats as thinly-veiled caricatures of Nazis hunting down mice, and marching them into concentration camp-like traps to what would otherwise be their doom. And sometimes they would actually do melodrama spoofs. So there would be... um, a romantic damsel in distress and mighty mouse would end up saving her there would be a, a musical element to it and yeah so that's um the interesting the uh, interesting thing about all of that so um your turn now cuz i've spoken forever talk about, talk about mighty mouse for us
1: i do you know the the here he comes to save the day um catchphrase I knew that catchphrase, but I had no idea where it was from. Oh. It was just one of those things that was, you know, kind of a common expression. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You know, People yeah. need, don't really know where it comes from. Uh, because it's even in the film Liar Liar. <laughs> they kind of, they, they use that kind of, but they say here she comes to wreck the day when the woman comes on because he doesn't want her to come in, <laughs> into the courtroom. Anyway. <laughs> so I knew, yeah. I knew it. I, I knew the thing, but I didn't, uh, so when that kind of came on I was a bit I was a bit like, ah, oh, that's where it's from. So I quite like that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely got the Nazi vibe um, with them, like, because sometimes they'll just pull out. Oh, in one episode, they they gassed, I think it's the first episode, they gassed the mice. Um, Because they, they ran into this, like, um, yeah, go oh out, and my God. Oh. And then, and then when they did get him, they, mar- they marched them into these places. Oh my God. Um. So yeah, I did definitely got the World War II vibes, and they always pull out a machine gun and start trying to gun them down and stuff.
0: Yeah, I tell you what about <laughs> Mighty Mouse. You know how I don't like Jerry from Tom and Jerry because yeah. I think Jerry's an asshole and he <laughs> he does things because he's an asshole. In this one, right, yeah. I am Team <laughs> Mighty Mouse and Mouses. Because most of the episodes, it would be the mice just minding their business and then the cats would try and ruin it and get in the way and chase them yep. from here to, to, to kingdom come. So I think in that sense, Mighty Mouse is fully justified in doing what he needs to do to stop these horrible cats doing what, whatever it is that they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's just classic um, goodies versus baddies in this one. Yeah, there's it? no like, yeah, uh, nothing else to it. Um, I I did like the when he goes into the supermarket though, and he's like, <laughs> he has the super cheese and the soup, super soup and yeah, um, in uh, the really,
0: supermarket.
1: Really yeah, and it's kind of like demonising the supermarkets. You know, from back in the day, and mm. you know because um, supermarkets aren't that new. No. Um, and you know, it it did a lot of individual traders out of thing and it's kind of you know like all the big dark shots and stuff so i quite like yeah. that. um and then obviously it's just so su- i wonder I, I did wonder if they got into trouble um with um uh dc or anyone like that because of like just completely ripping off superman he's wearing the same clothes and everything <laughs> like he's got you know the pants outside i think that's why they changed
0: the name from super mouse to mighty mouse
1: to mighty Ma- uh I mean, it's still the, exactly but the same. yeah i
0: just i just think if the name
1: then they can kind of say look it's a yeah.
0: mouse what
1: what else did i write about oh yeah so the main thing i wrote was like um copyright thing i i did wonder about that
0: no i i don't i don't i don't, I don't think i came across anything about falling foul of uh, dc and uh, superman and anything like that but yeah. you know what i did like i loved the classical element of it like it's just a yeah. uh, the 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 music just like it's like a typical old school cartoon it's like five six yeah. minutes long so easy to watch so easy to to get into
1: it, it was straight to the point and it wasn't like any messing about and to the point where i thought oh this is an ending a bit abruptly because it's kind of like he saved it and and it's almost like the, the uh the um what's it called the narrator said. Yeah, saved him. What? What do you want? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, end end the story. (laughs) Yeah, we we don't get paid by the hour. (laughs) You know, this is a theatrical short, so they're probably showing the next big film or whatever. So yeah, we only get five minutes. You know, wrap it up, wrap it up. But um, I did, I did love watching it because it and it was one of those. It's one of those where you watch it and you're like, they just don't make them like this.
1: Yeah, had you seen it before?
0: Probably, but I don't remember because I watched yeah, it I think, I... and everything about it screams like this is familiar. It must yeah. have come on, on a Saturday morning and I was watching it, but I couldn't quite point my finger to what it is and who it is and, and anything like that.
1: Yeah, I think I'd seen, I, I knew of the character. I'd seen the character before, but I don't think I'd watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah any any shows to be honest.
0: Yeah, but um no it, it I'm I'm sure it came on our TV screen. I'm certain of it and I'm probably I'm even more certain that I probably did watch this but I just can't put put a put my finger on it and say when it was I was watching it or how like I remember Tom and Jerry would come on Saturday and Sunday afternoon. Always without fail you just watch Tom and Jerry on those times yeah. I can remember. But um, I think if I had to say, I'd probably say ITV. This is probably something ITV would have shown because ITV used to show yeah. the Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and
1: amazing cartoons. Mickey
0: Mickey Mouse, and 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 everything and everything uh, of that of that nature. But um, yeah, shall we uh, talk about some of the theatrical shorts that we watched?
1: Yeah, uh, so I watched. Uh, There's something in the uh, in the pilot that I noticed. and it said, "Um, when the cl- it says when the clock strikes one, that's when the mice go and run, run, um, do their thing, and they run away. Right, and that's when all the cats try and yeah. eat them. And it just goes from the little nursery rhyme about. I was just about to say, Hickory one, Dickory Dock. The mouse run
0: The mouse runs yeah. up the clock. The clock strikes one. And then the mouse do whatever the hell they need to do. We kreedikreedik. <laughs> yeah, there you, you get go. Getting mashed yeah. up by the
1: cats. <laughs> um, uh, so yes, we've basically done the first episode. I mean, right? no, but there's some couple of things that I picked
0: up about the first episode I thought was really twisted. I think you mentioned one okay. of them, gassing the mice yeah, gassing. from the thing with that thing. Also, there's an A and E, so like there's where, the oh mice... yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> like an infirmary, isn't
0: it? And he just, the cat just breaks in and then, like, he's literally operating (laughs) on the mice (laughs) and the cat just breaks in and he's chasing after them. I'm like, what about the rules? Rules of war. Like, you're not supposed to attack. You're not supposed to attack the casualties, are you? Casualties of war. Isn't that the rules of war? Like, you're meant to only be fighting,
1: like, combatants not that's why they had the little uh white cross on their head yeah red cross yeah, you're, so not, you're not supposed to shoot shot, that yeah. red cross but that
0: that cat just didn't give a damn boy he just <laughs> bursted yeah he yeah my man just like jumps out of the bed and he's like oh he I, out, he
1: yeah
0: i ain't gotta go home but i gotta get her out of here
1: <laughs> the best thing is that he gets back into bed when the cat's gone yeah
0: and they're all like rounded up and jailed like i fa- yeah, it was a bit,
1: and that was the opener. Don't forget that was the, like the very was first good. episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is how it's gonna be, guys. I
0: watched that and I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's a bit dodgy, mate. This is it's a bit dodgy, <laughs> but um, yeah. And I wrote, oh, the supermarket. And I think the narrator was saying, it's giant, it's colossus, it's a supermarket. And I wrote, yeah, he eats super cheese, and that's how he. Ends up becoming Mighty Mouse and he takes care of Bitneys. And
1: yeah, so all the supermarkets selling like radioactive yeah. food must be a um, radioactive supermarket. So, um,
0: I mean, obviously, I have no idea what episodes you've watched and if there were any yeah. semblance of order, or if, even if you have the title of the episode.
1: I, I have the titles of all the episodes, but I don't know the numbers. Well, I think it doesn't really stand. matter.
0: So I think if you just
1: rattle through yours and then I'll do mine. Okay, so I've got a couple more. So I did the crying wolf, which um, was a little bit... uh, Well, it was the black sheep. There's a black sheep and there's white sheep, right? And the black sheep is the one that's getting into trouble. And he's being naughty all the time and, and stuff like that. And I thought... I, I, yeah, yeah in the current political environment. I was a bit like, uh, a bit dodge. Um, anyway, bit dodge. Yeah, and I got halfway through this episode and had to check. I was still watching Mighty Mouse because I hadn't seen him in like three. obviously what five minute episodes, but I hadn't seen him in like three <laughs> minutes. Um, and so basically, it's the boy who cried wolf story. Um, the little black sheep saying, "Um, I, look, there's a wolf and he's playing tricks on the, the the sheepdog, and they all try and run away, and then." And then he does it a couple of times, um, and then the dog dog smacks his bum. <laughs> he pulls his pants down and smacks his bum. And um, whoa! <laughs> and then, and then it, so to get him back, he gets a, like a little toy wolf head, and he's like, "Oh, it's definitely a wolf this time." And then a real wolf comes and starts wreaking havoc. And obviously, no one believes him until the wolf starts like chasing all the other sheep. Um, and then, so this is what you're talking about before. So they were like, Oh, who's going to save us? And they're kind of like raising their hands or like, uh, in desperation, calling on some, uh, deity. And then uh, mighty mouse comes comes from nowhere. Like he's, I think he's actually in the clouds just chilling. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes, he comes down and saves everyone. Um, and he basically just goes and bashes up the wolf. The wolf calls his pack and then he bashes up them as well. Uh, wolf traps him in a mine, but he just burrows his way out and then just smashes him up, basically. It's, it's the, when my Mouse gets involved, it goes, it's kind of wrapped up very quickly. Um, I'll
0: tell you what, right? Then when, I thought while you were talking about it, because um, you know Peter and the wolf, right? Is that the one yeah. where the wolf gets his stomach cut up and they feel rocks in just to think that he ate a rabbit or something, because I do think that Mighty Mouse did a parody of that, and I had seen it like on TV. Yeah. Either it was that, or it was what you just talked about now about the boy who cried wolf. But
1: um, I'm mm. um, yeah, I'm not sure if I've I haven't seen Peter and the Wolf since I was really small, so I don't remember it at all to be honest. We
0: may have to do Peter um, and the Wolf just so that I can, uh, for my own peace of mind.
1: I mean, I might have to Google the whistle because he whistles something and I can't remember how he, how he whistles it. Now. What? Peter and the Wolf. There's a famous Peter and the Wolf whistle, isn't there? Is there? Yeah, like a little tune that he does.
0: Is it meant to be like the bird? Because I know the bird had like um
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: No, but that's meant to be Peter's song. And then yeah. like every character had like their own like music written for them. So Peter's one was do. <sounds> and you had the bird, which was like <frenetic intended> so it was like um pipe instruments, and then you have um the, the wolf had his own <SELL> And then you'd have God, yeah. Whatever, yeah. Like I said, we, we need to do Peter and the Wolf.
1: Right, next episode. So the next one was Super Mouse Rides Again. And um, the mice, there's some mice playing in a cornfield. Uh, they see something in the sky and they do the whole, is it a, is it a meteor? Is it a comet? Is it a, uh, and then the big explosion and it's Mighty Mouse. Um, and then Mighty Mouse is just like trying to showing off. Like um, just doing like, an, basically he's doing like a Superman air show. For this little mouse village and when he leaves the cats have been watching and they go and um basically they they attack this little village um and then one thing that was, was really funny is one of the cats when mighty mouse came back one of the cats ran up a tree as so a mighty mouse just pulled the bark down like it was closed <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um uh, yeah, and then he just starts beating up all the cats, and there's one little mouse. He has to jump on a um, his little baby mouse, and he has to jump on a a log that's in a river, and obviously that river starts floating away, and he has to save him. And as with everything, every time a character gets on a log in a river in a cartoon, there's a waterfall. I don't know where they get these waterfalls. Um, so he's obviously well, maybe they were doing it to, like by
0: Niagara Falls, then, or wherever. There's a big old waterfall. But...
1: You probably shouldn't be jumping in the water near Niagara Falls, you're gonna end up like a being in a washing machine. Um, but anyway, yeah, he saves him in a nick of time, and then everyone kind of cheering, oh, yeah, it's really good, and then that's it game over. Now, uh, actually, that's yeah, how many did I watch for that one? So that's was one, two, three, yeah, so that's I, I, they're the ones I watched for the um, new for the old ones, and then I watched. Uh, two of the um, the it wasn't the New Adventures of Mike master Mike the, Mast the New Adventures. Yeah, that's cool. the one I watched. Right. Okay. So okay,
0: I watched episode three, which was he dude it. In. So again, this was an episode where like there's a a guy who owns a diner. He shuts off for the night. And so the mice are using the diner, they're having, they're having a party, they're celebrating, they're just living life, like they're just living their best life. And then so cats catch wind of them having this party, and they're all like, no, we're not having that, we're not having that. And then all of a sudden, they just go inside the diner and try and cause a cause a mock, and then I think one of them manages to send a, an SOS to uh to at a time I think Supermouse. So yeah, he sends it an SOS and then he comes down and he handles business and he puts the trash out, basically, leaving the mice to to have fun in their in their diner. And then I watched Episode 6, Down with Cats. Now, I loved the intro of this. So again, this was when he's basically showing off. And so they're like, oh, this is Mighty Mouse. He has muscles of steel. And it's like, boom. And it's like, do 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 And then he's faster than a bullet. So he's like racing with a bullet and then he just catches it with his teeth and spits it out and this made me laugh so much apparently I, I knew that he's stronger than a bull and then a bull's running and he just comes right underneath it chaos the bull i'm just <laughs> and then he flies off and they're playing the jingle bells tune. He's just flying off doing whatever, and you can just hear. I'm like, was this originally not a Christmas song then?
1: It's got to have been, surely. The tune, it might have just been, I don't
0: know. Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mighty Mouse. Beating all the cats away, and the mice run away. Hey, Mighty Mouse. It might have been just that. But um, yeah, anyway, yeah, so it's it's winter, so perhaps it might have been a, a Christmas element to it. The mice are all having fun, doing a bit of ice skating, having their fun, again, living their best life. One of the cats, like as ever, sees that and then he's like, whoa, we can't be having these mice having fun. So they're doing all these tactics to try and lure the mouse. So one of them has like a a, a hand puppet of a, a lady mouse. So she's all like, "Oh, look at me, I'm a pretty lady mouse and then one of them is like, "Oh, right, right. that's it. This is a cute little lady mouse. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a play." And then they all get caught into the bag and one of them has a, a magnet. So he's just using the a magnet to, and attach it to the uh, the mice's skates. So he's just like with the the skates, and then they are all just running, running, running inside to the bag, and then obviously Mighty Mouse catches wind of that, and as ever, woo! Mighty Mouse saves the day, and he gets rid of all the cats, and then the champion of justice. So this isn't where cats are enemies. This is man being an enemy. So uh, this is all about a group of mice who live with an elderly couple whom I'm convinced own slaves or old enough to, uh, to have been around when slavery was uh, a thing. So yeah, they're an old couple. They're really, really old and they eventually die. And what they do is that they leave their whole fortune to a group of mice. And so the snotbag bag nephew or son is like, "Whoa, I'm not having this why is why are you leaving the fortunes to to a group of mice and so he goes to the uh a tribunal of some sort and he's just pulling faces at the mice he's going, "Yeah, sticking his tongue out and then the the court decides that The elderly couple were of sound mind when they wrote the will. And so the mice get everything. And so in the middle of the night, he gets his penny farthing. And what he does is he attaches the actual building of the house. And so he tries to yank that away and drive off with it because he's like, Forget living there. I'm just going to take this building and I'm going to bring it to, to, to wherever dump I live in. And then mighty mouse, he's, you know, um, in court, you have the, the scales.
1: Oh, oh scales, the scales of
0: justice. Of justice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's basically just balancing on the scales of justice. He catches wind. And so he stops, uh, your man trying to take the house so he deals with that and he returns the house to all the mice and then yes mighty mouse saves the day this was a an interesting episode it's called a cat's Tale.
1: i see what they did there
0: so you know how we were talking about everything no no, no it's not anything like that it's you know how we were talking about everything has to have both sides yes because one side isn't enough we have to have both sides so this was an episode where a cat is talking about how Mighty Mouse bullies all the cats. Basically, it's from the cat's perspective. Yeah. Failing to uh mention all the the bull jive that the cats do to all the mouse. And so he's basically explaining his story of Mighty Mouse, saying how how Mighty Mouse was born really, really strong. And how he terrorizes and bullies all of the the cats and how they tried to get a big giant cat to uh, level the playing field, but somehow Mighty Mouse overcame that big that big um that big cat. And so yeah, this was a, a pretty a bull jive episode I thought because it's like um no I'm not not accepting this uh, story and I did like in the end how they had like a hand draw Mighty Mouse and the cat was like oh I wish you would Mighty Mouse I wish you would so he draws Mighty Mouse and then he's like ah and he runs away and that's how that one ends and the uh, penultimate episode I watched was called Reformed Wolf So, um, (laughs) originally, uh, it, it starts with a wolf eating a carrot and another wolf walks by and he's like, why are you eating a carrot? Why don't you eat lamb chops or meat? And he's like, I'm vegetarian now. This is the story why. And so, basically, there's a really, really stupid sheepdog. He's meant to be looking after the sheep, but he does a really, really bad job. And so a wolf is like, oh, sheep, you know, you've seen the sheep and whatever. And the sheepdog's like, I'm a good sheepdog and I will do anything that my master says. And so the wolf is like, oh, yeah, why'd you go jump in the lake? And so the dog is like, (laughs) woof, woof, woof. And he jumps into the lake. (laughs) Mug. He jumps into the lake. And so the, the wolf is like, oh. I'm going to take all these sheep and I'm going to have sheep stew or whatever it is he's going to do with the uh, with the sheep. And somehow Mighty Mouse prevents him from eating the sheep. And then he's like, okay, fine. I'm going to go back. And so the wolf is trying to get some sheep and then the sheepdog is like, whoa, 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 stop what you're doing. I'm a good sheepdog. I always do as I'm told. And so the wolf is like, okay then, go soak your head in the water. And so the dog is just like, okay then. And so he's putting his head in the water and then he's got free reign at the sheep again. And then somehow he is thwarted by Mighty Mouse. And so in the end, he's like, you know what? Sod it. I'm just going to be a vegetarian. I'm just going to eat these carrots. And so his friend was like, what are you talking about? I can easily get fish. I mean, not fish, sheep. So he's basically grabbing some sheep and Mighty Mouse stops him like he just gets I don't know some kind of mallet or something just whacks him over the head with it and so the the wolf is like you know here you go have some of this carrot you're going to be vegetarian and the last of the theatrical shorts was called Cat Alarm so this is basically set in Cheeseville and they and cats are trying to get into cheeseville but it is totally you can't get in it's one of those super fortress built places and they have the cheeseville cats defense which is what it was called whereas the cats are trying to get in trying to get in and because cheeseville was so well protected mighty mouse is on vacation he don't have to worry about nothing cuz they're all safe and secure and so the cats they're like, right, the only way we can get into Cheeseville is that if we can lure Mighty Mouse out of Holiday and he can lead the the ma- the, ma- the mice's to, to us. And so one of the cats, he somehow gets into Mighty Mouse's television and he's like, we interrupt this program to tell Mighty Mouse that Cheeseville is in danger and the dam is overflowing. So Mighty Mouse is like, oh, damn, I've got to get out of my Holiday and save everyone. So he's going to cheeseville he's basically opened all the doors and he's like to the mouse right get out get out get out get out so he goes off to the dam and then there's like a, a nerdy professor mouse and he's like what are you talking about the dam is fine And so he has to go and try and save all of the um all of the mouse the mice that were captured So he manages to put the cats in deep freeze, and they were like, so ends the story of Mighty Mouse. Woo! And then we go now to 1987 for Mighty Mouse The New Adventures. So yeah, this was a revival of the Mighty Mouse cartoon character produced by Bakshi High Adventures which was a joint venture of animator Ralph Bakshi and producer Don W. Hyde and Terry Toons. And it was considered to be like of really, really high quality. And animation historian John Beck actually said, and I quote, it was to foreshadow the higher quality animation boom coming in the next decade. And it differed from the earlier incarnations of mighty mouse. So mighty mouse had the secret identity of Mike mouse. And he had a sidekick in the form of the orphan scrappy mouse. And he has heroic colleagues such as back Bat, and he psychic Tick the bug wonder and league of super rodents. And it had new, new antagonists. So they had PT Pate, big Murray and Madame Marsupial and the format was very loose and episodes didn't follow a particular formula and yeah they varied from superhero type stories to parodies of shows like The Honeymooners and Mighty Wedlock Whimsy and the 1960s Batman series and it was actually considered revolutionary at the time Along with 1988's Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I think is one of the most overrated films ever done.
1: Don't at me. I said what I said. I ain't stuck. I haven't seen it since I was really young, um, so I don't... Who Framed Roger Rabbit
0: and Space Jam are overrated AF.
1: I mean, I remember loving Space Jam. I said what I said. Space Jam, said. <laughs> Space Jam was a load of tripe. Really? I might have to watch it just yes. to see if you're.
0: yes. And they've got that fool R Kelly's song, haven't they? See, that's why I knew I didn't like Space Jam. It's featuring R Kelly like he ain't a wrong But anyway, that's a, a whole different conversation and a whole different TV show. But yeah, like I said, it inspired a wave of animated shows that were much zanier than those that had dominated in the previous two decades. And... It was, again, impetus for creator-driven animation of the 1990s. And there was some controversy from the American Family Association. They alleged that one of the episodes, it depicted the use of cocaine in one of the episodes, which instigated a media frenzy. And yeah, there were just some bits where they were saying that there were really inappropriate scenes and not really for... um, not really for kids. So what did you think of this uh, new uh, adventures of Mighty Mouse?
1: I found it... Um, how did I find it? It was like... Um, it was completely different. It was more like... Um, it just seemed like a way more modern cartoon. Like it was... Um, they're trying to give it more depth and, like you know, by giving arch-villains and, you know, and more of a kind of storyline that... Um, uh, it, yeah, it just seemed like a more of a modern cartoon to me. Like, it just seems like something that would be right at home on Cartoon Network.
0: Yeah, I, I found it really zany and, and wacky, which I, I kind of, I kind of liked. I, I did, I did like that it wasn't your, again, yeah, it wasn't um, a typical sort of cartoons that we might often do on this, uh, on this pod. It was very much of the, um, I guess I can see where animaniacs and yeah, pinky exactly. and the brain yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. like yeah. that would get the idea where it's not just a typical cartoon where kids would watch it where here's the here's the good guy here's the bad guy the bad guy does something and then the good guy saves the day woo yay it was very it's very different and i can imagine like slightly older kids would would really be into um they'd be really into this yeah. and yeah, there were some just little bits that I wrote down and we'll talk about when we we'll talk about episodes that I kind of found really, um, I found really funny. There's little jokes here and there that I thought, yeah, this is, <laughs> it's 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 goofy, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes I like goofy. So, right, let's uh, get into
1: episodes. Um, so, I think I watched a pilot of this one. Which was called Night on the I didn't know what, I didn't understand the last word they said. It's spelled pate or pate or what
0: Pate. I think it's Pate. Okay. Pete Pate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Night on the Ball Pate, yeah, but I
1: watched that too. Um so this is kind of like a classic, um quite interesting how they've actually got the psychology, like really, really um like they've done really well in capturing the these the psychology of a of an arch villain because yeah Uh, first of all obviously starts off damsel in distress she's in the water and mighty mouse saves her right (laughs) i like that why why is a mouse in the water with sharks in the first place i mean why not it's a cartoon (laughs) um so anyway so then there's this there's this guy and he's bald and and he's obviously really insecure about it, and oh. and, and and he's walking past people. He's like, "Oh, did you watch the bald game?" Uh, yeah, and, and, and he thinks that everyone's. It kind was of... it was a, a clean <laughs> yeah. Um. So, oh, I wish I wrote all the puns. They
0: was so funny. There was another one as well. It
1: actually went on even like towards the end. I didn't write them down, but it was really funny. And every time like someone said something, he was you know he was kind of eating him alive, and he was really unhappy about his hair.
0: I love how he would, he would try and apply for jobs. Yeah, he would try and try and fit into society, but they just ostracised him because he was bold. <laughs> he was trying to be a villain, and they wouldn't let him be yeah, a villain. The
1: bank and they just laughed at him when he said, "I'm going to rob yeah. it." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, it's PT." <laughs> 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 it's, yeah, it's, I really enjoyed that, um, that, that part of it. Um,
0: and I did like. Um, When he just flips, right? And he just turns. And so he's going to uh, Arch-Villain Emporium. (laughs) And he gets like a burly henchman, like your typical burly henchman. And he's just like trying to do uh, the blueprint. And that's when he's like, right, they're not going to take me seriously. So I'm going to have to go after Mighty Mouse.
1: And then he said, I've got to think of a trap that no one's ever used before. And then, when it cuts to the next scene, he's got a, a box with a stick and a cheese <laughs> and a cheese bait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Pearl falls for it, though. <laughs> yeah, she does. Um, hook, line, and sink
0: as she fell for it.
1: And then, yeah, so he kidnaps her. Um, and then he says she says like what do you want and he goes i want <laughs> i want all the left shoes in Mouseville. and he's like oh. <laughs> and he opens his drawer all the left shoes <laughs> uh i mean it's it's just it's funny i mean it's it's literally like a what- why 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 not um yeah 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 uh and then so the um she calms him down. Oh, the, so the henchman—he gets in a big old rage, and the henchman calms him down. Like rub his back, and they kind of put him to bed. And then he's—he kind of lets it go. He's calmed down about the whole thing. And yeah, then, um, she says something, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, and then and then he goes mad again. And then he kind of brings a, and then he does this like broadcast and says like um, oh, basically calls out um, uh, and he said Danger Mouse and uh, Mighty Mouse. And one thing I really enjoyed <laughs> is that Mighty Mouse picks it up on his fillings. He's got like a... Yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it, the, here he comes to save the day thing and he kind of just like... Um, they squirt these cheese at him. They have like this squirty cheese cannon. But it makes him stronger. Um, and then he basically smashes him up. Um, And then just before he leaves, uh, the, the villain... Like kind of goes into this like machine and makes him all like prim and proper, and he's like, oh, "Does it actually? Does it do his hair? I didn't notice." But he's like, "No, they did." What are you doing? Because he's, he's like, "Oh, I'm making myself look good for the for for the mugshot in jail."
0: I think maybe he puts something in his head, like a hat, kind uh, of thing,
1: um, to cover the big bald. I miss what he, I missed that. I missed that as well. I don't know what that's about. Um. But yeah, that was the first episode. And then it went straight on to the second. It was kind of a two in one thing. I'm not sure if you saw the same link. No, I didn't see that. I only just watched Night on the Ball Pate. Uh, I watched another one called Mouse from Another House. Um, and it was where. Um, so Ma- there's a mouse field school and there's this little orphan called Scrappy and no one wants to play with him and he's sad. Um, and then he goes outside and little. What's the, 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 the little the woman? The woman from the other episode? Her Is it Pearl? Yeah, Pearl. She's like, she kind of takes him what's wrong and he's like, I've got no mates, but I don't worry because I'm mates with Mighty Mouse. Um, and then she said, but I, he, he says, but I'm an orphan, so how can I ever amount to anything? And it was like a, basically a Batman story. And he like, well, he's he was an orphan. Mighty Mouse was an orphan. Um, and then it says like his parents and, and then the, the plot was how Mighty Mouse came was literally like the exactly the Superman Krypton story where his parents sent him away and then got destroyed um and then he was raised by some squirrels who knew that he wasn't a squirrel but then when he gets older then he has to leave and go to the city and be a superhero um so literally a superman story and that was it okay so i watched season two
0: episode one 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 so the first one so it was day of the mice so pt forms a rebellion to overwhelm cats. And so he's gathering all the, the mice. And so basically the mice take over and they start bullying the cats. And Pearl is like, Whoa, what's, what's happening? This, this doesn't feel right. This, this something's wrong. And so P e. is like sees her. She's a traitor. She's trying to betray your people. And there was one bit where I found it so funny and genius. And so Pete is like, you know what? I'm going to become the supreme ruler. And so literally there's a shot of a guy in a robe, in a hat. And it's a, a ruler, like you know, you used for math and whatnot. And he's like, oh, I'm out of a job. <laughs> and he just walks. Up. <laughs> oh my god i was like that is genius the (laughs) supreme ruler he's just there two toddlers along and so pearl tells mighty mouse look i can't i can't deal with this you need to restore some order and yeah mighty mouse comes to the rescue sorts out all the, the 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 mice and and pe and then, yeah, it ends with the order of cats chasing mice. And, yeah, that's that was that episode. And the last one I watched, which probably would have been a, a decent finale, so The Bride of Mighty Mouse. So this is set in 20 years later. So Mighty Mouse is married to Pearl, and they run a motel raising their son, but they're threatened by someone called Howard Hat. And he's a parody of How- Howard Rourke from *The Fountainhead*, which was written by Ayn Rand. Hmm. What a what a what a lovely woman she was.
1: Not. I don't know who that was, but um,
0: yeah, N- not not worth talking about. Ayn Rand, whatever.
1: But <laughs>
0: yeah, so he's basically trying to build a motel that would rival mighty mouse is and obviously he's um he's not mighty mouse anymore he's just mike obviously that's he's um he's alter ego so he's off doing building the motel he's trying to live a, a simple life but then he comes back as mighty mouse to stop howard hack from destroying his motel and yeah it just ends with their motel being built and they live all happily ever after. So that was the new adventures of Mighty Mouse. And so to conclude, I enjoyed this concept of Mighty Mouse. I mean, the only criticism, I guess I can say, it is all like same same. As in, is always cat, mouse in trouble, cats doing stuff. Mighty Mouse saves the day, but I did like how they incorporated some of the real life stuff and kind of taking the mick out of it.
1: And yeah, I think it's like kind of a very self aware um, cartoon, like you kind of knew what it was and it and and you knew what it wasn't and i think that that works really well in a cartoon i think like as long as you know if you if it if it knows kind of like this is just like a laugh and it wants to make people laugh and make people happy then it's great like i think if you work, work too hard on you know making a like you know narrative and making a serious thing then i'm not sure it's so successful
0: yeah that's true and yeah the new adventures of mighty mouse i i liked it a lot thought it was really funny i thought it was really different and innovative for 1987 definitely influenced a lot of like those it influenced a lot of people to think you know what we can try and push the boat out a little bit with some of these um cartoons that we come up with we can try and make them as uh as different and as wacky and zany as possible but try and do it in the best taste possible because at the end of the day they still have to remember that it is for the kids but uh yeah i think they did kind of toe the line a little bit and there were some controversies and what have you but um yeah all in all it was a great franchise a great concept and it was one that i really really enjoyed Mm -hmm. Right, let's uh, let's go on to the, uh, the head-to-head now. And we're going back to September 1993 again. And this is for Tales of the Tooth Fairies. So yes, yeah, Central African Republic ex-Emperor Jean Bidel Bokassa is freed. Israeli Minister of Foreign Affairs Shimon Peres and PLO official Mahmoud Abbas signed the Oslo One Peace Accord. The Supreme Soviet dismisses President Boris Yeltsin. I'm sure some of you OG listeners are expecting me to talk about the velvet divorce between Czech Republic and Slovakia, but um, I'll save that for the next show that came out in September 1993. It's a, it's a mathematical inevitability. So, uh, hold your horses. The Good Son was in the cinemas. And Heart-Shaped Box by Nirvana was in the charts. So Tales of the Tooth Fairy. So this was a French-German-British children's television program created by Francois Caspan. It was co-produced by Serial Productions, Scott Dahl Production, Le Fabrique and Le Films du Triangle in association with JEP Animation. So it's all about tooth mice who perform duties of tooth fairies so when a child in need loses their milk teeth two mice Giselle and Martin who are assisted by Arthur they go and retrieve the tooth and they give the child a fitting gift and they do so on the orders of Queen Elisa who is the queen of milk teeth kingdom and yeah one thing you may or may know about may or may not know about the show is that i remember it having two theme songs so you've got this one And then you've got this one and now this is the one that I remembered as a kid I remember that in particular and uh, yeah like I said some of the characters you've got Giselle she's the one that usually collects the tooth and slips the present under the pillow Martin is her partner and he's the one that throws the grappling hook and line for Giselle to climb on there's Arthur who was a Cormorant nice. and the two mouses help her, who gives them rides and prevents anyone from interfering with the job. Queen Elisa, who is the bossy and snappy queen, as she always decides the, the fitting presents. Yes, Roland Rat, who's a thieving little git who steals <laughs> the presents from the mice for himself. And then you got Romuald the Reindeer, he sometimes likes to come and help out. So, Tales of the Two Fairies.
1: I never heard of this before. Like, not even... How do you know? No, it? not even, like, a little inkling. To when, when you were just saying now, that you remember it when you was younger? I was like, pfft, no, no, not me.
0: No, I remember this. No, I, Like I said, I don't remember the sort of... Um, I think there was kind of two theme songs. So, I think there was one that was for Europe and there was one, I think, for us uh, where... Okay. And I remember that version. Oh, the tooth mice, no, no, no. I, that's the version of Tales of the Tooth fairies I remember as a kid watching. Yeah, yeah. So it's again, it would be like the one of the very first things that would come to see BBC. Very short, very snappy to the point. And yeah, I remember. I remember this very. I remember it well. I remember this. So
1: sorry, sorry if you said this, this before, but do you know, like because it had like the Disney animation thing. Yeah. Was it part of Disney cuz it just said Robert Coates underneath it not Disney.
0: So it might have been like a um, subsidiary or something. Yeah. Um that's what I was thinking. I was like duh, 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 when you wish upon a star yeah. so you kind of had um you kind of had that. So that was um Yeah, that was uh, an interesting um an interesting thing about that and uh no, yeah, I um, I kind of I, I kind of liked it, yeah, thought I did too. even as a kid, thought it was cute. I thought it was lovely the theme songs, both of them. yeah, I don't know if you got around to listening
1: to I both didn't even know, so I didn't even know those two <laughs> I watched
0: I think they are quite distinct as you know we all heard.
1: I think I watched one, two, three, four, five five episodes of it, I think, and I didn't watch I didn't hear the two theme tunes.
0: You must have just heard one. Yeah, I guess.
1: Um, you must have just—you must have heard the European version then. Of I think the European... I did the first one. The first one was the one I heard.
0: Oh, Okay, so um, yeah, okay, so let's talk about episodes then. Again, it doesn't really have to
1: go in order. Um, so I th- uh, I'm not sure if this was a thing. So the first one I watched was called Mission Toothbrush. I think that was the first episode. Okay, so I did manage to watch the thing. I like it when I watch the pilot. Um, the first thing I wrote was the audio is very good like the 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 i was wearing um some headphones and the audio was kind of split between the left and right so it was a nice stereo and it's kind of you know the thunder would roll around your uh headset and stuff like that so it's quite cool uh so the little mice are at home because it's freezing cold then they get called into the um uh to the to the office as it were um and then i said the irish accent on the um Narrator. narrator. Like, it's like quite rare, I think, to have an Irish narrator, isn't it? I haven't heard many before. Um, but this guy, this guy, have you ever seen Me Machine, the film? Vinny Jones and long time so ago. So the, the guy there's a guy that's in that film, um, and he is the um the narrator. He's one of the characters in that, and I kind of straight away I recognize his voice. Um, anyways, by the by. Um, so they have to like the kingdom of the the, the concept of a tooth mouse was weird like i I, I, di- I didn't really get it at first because i was like what because cause they call them t- tooth fairies but they're not fairies because they're mice and and it was a bit strange but anyway so the kingdom of the tooth mice and, um so the queen elisa milk teeth kingdom oh is that what it's called milk teeth kingdom i think I didn't it's called get milk it. teeth kingdom yeah elisa i think the queen of the, the mice right um and so the the might say oh there's the kids aren't brushing their teeth they're gonna be black teeth when they come and she goes mad she's like I'm not have black teeth in here and then they make uh Giselle and Martin, Martin. yeah so yep. they Giselle and Martin have to go and deliver a toothbrush because she is not having black teeth um and they kind of have an adventure so whenever they get sent out to do something there's always like a little adventure in the middle uh, Giselle nearly falls off a cliff. And they get saved by a bird. Oh, they're in a blo- they're in a balloon, an air balloon, and it and it, it gets caught on a tree. And why they're out in a like a force nine gale, who knows? But um, gotta get those teeth. Yeah, and then they, so they get out of the balloon. They start skiing on the um on the toothbrushes. Then Giselle gets carried away and nearly gets taken out. And then she gets they get saved by this bird, who's kind of their friend throughout throughout the whole. Um Arthur. Yeah, so Arthur's like this. And I think he,
0: it's him doing the, the narration. Narration. Yeah. What, what is yeah. he? I
1: don't know what Birdie is, but he's kind of he, he's a Cormorant. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you said that. Cormorant. So he's um he always looks out for them and he always helps them out throughout the whole thing. Um and then they they go to the twins house and they deliver the toothbrush and then that's it. And that's the end of the episode of them
0: yeah it was very short to the point yeah um get into a little bit of trouble the bird comes they deliver the presents
1: job done that's kind of like the theme throughout the thing like they have like they get getting a bit of trouble birds helps out or saves them or whatever and then they finish the mission and then it ends very quickly uh the next one i watched was called tales of the tooth fairies the stolen present so uh boy loses his first tooth it was actually quite a good episode i thought because uh, of the rats and stuff. Um, Black rats. Black rats. Oh, was, was it specific that they were black rats? Yeah. I didn't pick up on that. Um, I did. See, this is another white privilege moment where I didn't even notice. Um, oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> Had the big sign on there and they're like,
0: oh no, it's the black rats and Roland.
1: <laughs> yeah, Roland rat. Yeah. yeah, I didn't notice that bit. Um, uh, so, Giselle and Martin have to go and um get his tooth and they they, they, they're gonna take him a whistle and when they get there the rats are in the way and they steal the whistle so and they they knock out straight up knock out Giselle she's down and out um then Arthur investigates um and he's like he tries to get in the house to save him. Uh Giselle goes to the rats and they try and get a whistle back. Martin blows on the whistle um and Arthur comes out of the the um he manages to get in the house with a chimney and he comes out of the thing and when he blows on the whistle, he comes out and they think he's a like a monster or something like that. So all the rats kind of get scared. And then they give the whistle to the little boy and then he's like kind of just blowing on all the time and the rats are kind of just like he's there with his like pillows in his thing so saying, Shut up, I wanna go to sleep.
0: Yeah, I watched this one too, and I think, yeah, for me I wrote yeah, they're trying to deliver a whistle for Fabian because he loves to whistle, but because he's one of his front teeth falls out, he can't whistle anymore. And yeah, it gets taken by a Ronald Rat. And so they go inside where the rats live and they all have a big fight. And then Arthur manages to nick the, the whistle back. And then Arthur emerges from the cauldron looking thing and they, yeah they deliver the whistle for fabian and he's whistling throughout the night which isn't annoying at all
1: <laughs> um shall i go on to the next one yep so the next one is uh called a proud candle and there's a cat called ramming and he's rummaging around in a bin uh, and he likes the thunder and there's a boy called Vincent, and he's scared of the thunder. And he's in bed, and he's trying to get some sleep. Um, he's lost a tooth, as most of the other kids do in the first episode. So, so Giselle comes to him, and Elisa comes to the thing, and Lisa says, "Give this like little candle to the to the boy, and it's kind of like his little light. Um, and that's like his present for his first milk tooth. Um, and the way's being flooded by the rain, so they climb up on onto this phone and they call Arthur to help him out. Arthur flies in there. Um, and as they're trying to get into the house, the, the cat jumps on the roof to, to pounce on them to like he's like he's like, Oh brilliant, there's not like my dinner and my dessert all in one go. Um so he but then he slips and he's like kind of hanging onto the roof and, and then they help him for some reason. I would have pushed him off. Um and then he said, Oh, I'll help you now. And then I'll t- the cat shows him to Vincent's room. They leave the candle, collect the tooth. And why is the window open if he's scared of the thunder? Who knows? I don't know. Um, but anyway, he was happy because he didn't have to get scared of the of the thunder anymore. And then the final episode I watched was called "Flying Feathers." And there's a little girl who can't do her homework because a pen is knackered. The fairies are trying to make a pen, but they can't do it. The queen isn't having it. The mouse, the mice go out and on a mission, and they pull a feather out of a goose to make it like a quill. Um, goes a bit. All the geese go a bit mad and the chickens and stuff like that. Um, and then they give the feather to the little girl and she can write better. That's, that's about the long and the short of that episode. And that's all I watched. Cool. Okay, so I watched...
0: Okay, so the silver sleigh bell. So basically an Eskimo needs sleigh bells for his dog sled and so they're trying to get romuel to take him to the eskimo but he's a bit of a an idiot he's a bit of a klutz and he makes heavy weather of delivering the sleigh bell and yeah the interesting thing about romuel the reindeer he actually had his own tv show i'm not sure if this was based from this performance i mean Based on how incompetent he is, I wouldn't give him his own
1: show. Who, Robbie the Reindeer, Romuald. Uh, i say I've seen Robbie the Reindeer.
0: I was gonna say, was he one of the um, Santa's Reindeers? No, nah, um, no, nah, Robbie. I don't think he no, was. There was
1: there's, a, there's like this little Christmas film. I know Robbie the yeah. Reindeer, but that's completely oh, different. Romuald definitely yeah. no, definitely no. I mean, he mm. probably there was probably one of those. You look at the CV and then put it on the no pile. <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, sums up my career in the media industry. The next episode I watched was the golden scissors. Now hmm, why were they delivering Fabian a small scissors? I don't I don't I don't I don't quite remember this one. My notes are quite spare spare on this one. Um I think it might have been she was cutting hair or something to do with cutting <laughs> Definitely needed to cut something couldn't couldn't quite get it done so they needed scissors to um try and cut that and in this episode you had arthur who was basically being a stupid bird trying to catch a fish and the fish was just basically mugging Arthur off, so every time Arthur would try and go in the water, the fish would try and do something and just make him look like an idiot. And then I think Arthur gets trapped, and he's like, oh, "I need to get out of here." And they're right on a waterfall, as you were talking about waterfall and gorges and what have you. And they're basically going to be swept away. So the fish helps out by. Getting the scissors that they were meant to be delivering to Fabienne, and they managed to let Arthur loose, and then they deliver the scissors to Fabienne. And then I watched the Book of Lees. So Sandri is um, lost her tooth, and they were. And Queen Giselle's like, yeah, just get her a book. That'll be um, good for her, but. There was a buzzard called Marad, and she captures Giselle, and she's like, right, I'm gonna have you for dinner. And like Giselle's like tied up, and next to her is just a pile of bones. Which is like, yeah, that's gonna be you in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Once my uh, once be. my baby's hatch, once my baby's hatched, then woo wee. I'm gonna roast you like a pig or whatever, right? And so just ties her up and she has the book and she sees the book and she's like okay while you're here read to me and Giselle's like what can't you read and the buzzard's like oh no no I can't read so can you read so she's reading from the book so it's a nice lovely book and it it gives them enough time for Arthur and Martin to rescue Giselle and buzzer's like oh come back come back come back Ugh. and then by the time she's getting all angry about that her chicks are born and then she all of a sudden stops being mad and she starts reading the story about the book of leaves that um they deliver to sandry so i kind of thought that was a really lovely ending i, I thought that was really nice and then the last episode i watched was mr sun mrs rain so audrey needs a comb because she she broke it and so the the mice are going to audrey's house but they get caught up because there's a cat so they're doing their best to avoid this cat and arthur comes along and he prevents them from falling foul of uh of the cat so they manage to um Get away from from all of that, and yeah, that was the uh, the last episode I watched of Tales of Two Fairies.
1: I think it was like a it was a like I said, I found the concept quite strange. Um, the episodes are very short, but I quite like the little adventures they go on. They very yeah um... yeah hmm yeah
0: I I I I really liked this. I thought. Like I said, I thought it was very cute. I thought it was very nice to watch. I remembered it growing up. and yeah, the theme song it's again, it's one of those really iconic theme songs that I remember. I remember growing up, and yeah, it used to come on CBBC. I remember watching it after school. Again, I think, like I said, when it's really like the hailstones and rain. You just come back from after school and you just hear this theme song and it just literally takes me back to 94. so uh yeah it just it's one of those that takes you back definitely angel mouse so now we're going to september 1999 again and again and again so some of the things happening in the world kiribati Nauru and Tonga join the United Nations. Some tennis player called Serena Williams wins her first Grand Slam title. Don't know if she did anything. I don't think after she did
1: anything that. after that. No. I mean,
0: yeah, young and up and coming prospect she was and yeah. Japan's worst nuclear accident at a uranium reprocessing facility northeast of Tokyo. Stigmata was in the cinemas. And we're going to Ibiza by the Venga Boys was number one in the charts. I'll tell you what, right, I don't know what's worse. The fact that I'm talking about September 1999 again, or the fact that when I was listening to this song, I didn't hate
1: it. <laughs> I, bet you had it in your head.
0: I don't know what's worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I don't know why. I mean I did repress it. There is a part of my brain where I sort of repressed the Venga Boys and kept it all the way back to ninety nine. I don't wanna hear them again. <laughs> but no, I was listening to this and I I did not hate it. Oh give me strength. So we're going on now to Angel Mouse. So this was a children's television programme which was produced and broadcast by the BBC is all about a lovable character called Angel Mouse, who is a true mouse angel. Each episode involves him doing good deeds and helping his friends on Earth. And he lives with his friend Quilly, and he receives missions to do good deeds from you-know-who, which is God. And he has wings and a thingamajig, which is his halo, which is loose, And it can slip, shrink, wobble, or even disappears every time he misbehaves or neglects his mission. And his thingamajig can also mend things and solve problems. Some of the characters of Angel Mouse, obviously you had Angel Mouse, you had Quilly. You had Ellie Mum, who is a sensible and kind, cheerful elephant. There was baby Ellie, who was Ellie Mum's baby elephant. There was Oswald the Duck, who likes to speed around, especially on roller skates. There was Spencer, who was a dotty teddy bear who frequently drives a car. There was Little Petal, who was a cute ragdoll who runs a little shop. And then there was Hutchkin the Rabbit, who stays in his home most of the time. David Jason was the narrator yeah, I wrote this of down. Angel Mouse.
1: I was trying to hear his voice. I Only sometimes could I actually hear his voice. I
0: could hear his voice. I could hear his voice. Definitely. I don't think you would have had to have told me I would have said was it, was it um, David Jason? I I got, just like with um, Danger I think Mas. I got
1: three three episodes in before I realised it was David Jason. Cause I, I was watching it but I didn't I just didn't read the, the, uh, the credits.
0: I was going to say, did you not read the bit where it said, narrated by David Jason? <laughs>
1: You Plonker, <laughs> Rodney. You Plonker. Do you think that's his most? it's got to be his most famous role, isn't it? What? Dale Boy. Open all hours. Mm. Um, what was it? Touch, Touch of, Frost? of Frost was quite big as well, wasn't it? Mm.
0: Danger Mouse, I'd say, was a pretty big role for David Jason. Was that, was
1: that his, not the original one though? Right.
0: The original one was David Jason. Uh, he was the original Danger Mouse.
1: I'm pretty sure I had the same reaction when we did Danger Mouse <laughs> TV show.
0: No, it was it was David Jason, wow. yeah. So Angel Mouse, what did you think of this uh,
1: David Jason? This is another one that was just a bit weird. Like the concept is weird. Like look uh, at the first in the first scene of the thing, he has a row with a was it row with a bird because Quilly? Yeah, because he's he's like I'm a, I've got wings, I'm an angel, and then. He's like, he's training to be an angel, and I don't, I don't kind of why do you know? What I mean, why, why, why a mouse? Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it was like a very short, very snappy, like straight to the point, no, no fat on the edges cartoon. So that I really enjoyed. Like, they had like a, a problem, they got up to something in the middle bit, and then it finished, um, and it yeah. was, you know nice enjoyable little five minute episodes Uh Um, what am I going to say Um,
0: I'm not going to say that I watched Angel Mouse because in September 1999 I must have been 11 yeah I'd never watched it before there is no way in hell I'm going to be watching CBeebies at the age of 11
1: I mean I watched I was a big fan of Cartoon Network until I was about 30 so (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's different though, isn't it? I used to watch, I think I was, I was probably too old to be watching cartoons, but there's a cartoon called um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Uh, I've never no of that. I loved that show. And I think I was, I'm pretty sure I was about 18, <laughs> eating Frosties on the sofa watching my <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, but
0: no, I do think it's different where if you're watching CBBS and Tiny Pop and those sort of channels, Nicktoons and disney kids or whatever it is then yeah and you ain't got a kid then oh i was gonna say did you actually watch any of these with them um... no i feel no, like i should ask you every time we do like particular cartoons and say no I, how is he uh, reacting to them i should
1: have done i should have watched them with him but i didn't i watched these all on my own really late at night in my office <laughs> 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 but um uh I, I started watching these yesterday i could
0: see him getting into mighty mouse
1: yeah, I can actually. Um he's yeah, he's just turning his head towards cartoons, so I really should be exposing him to this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right, let's uh shall we talk about episodes? Uh yep. Can I go first?
1: Yep. Um so I watched four of these episodes, I think. I watched four too. Uh first one obviously I think we both watched um My yep. friend Angel Mouse.
0: Yep, that was the pilot. Yeah.
1: So, windy day, Angel Mouse crashes into washing line. Um, and there's a, kind of has a row with a with a bird called Quilly. Quilly. Yep. Uh, and he's like, Oh, what are you doing there? You can't fly. And he's like, I can't fly. I've got wings, just like you, you silly bird. <laughs> um, and it turns out that he's learning to be an angel at angel school and he's not that good. Like, all the other angels are doing all these things and he's like, Can't even do a rainbow. Um, and he has to help someone. Um, there's like a mission, like you have to go and help someone and then you get your halo or whatever he's trying to get. He yeah, passes. Yeah. He makes his into a, uh, passing makes him be an actual angel. And yeah, like you said before, they always do the, it's from, you know who, but it's from God, uh, and he has to help someone. So he tries to go around helping everyone and then. Whilst he's no one else needs help, and then whilst that happens, like um, Quilly nearly gets sucked into a windmill, like okay, the blades are turning. his head, and then he stops him going there. But and that's the person he's supposed to have helped. Then he gets to, um, he gets to be an angel, and also he's got to stay in the village and and kind of help people out. Um, do you want to add anything to that? Um. No, I think that's um cool.
0: Yeah, I think I think you pretty much
1: got that. So Angel Mouse's reward is the next one I watched. I don't know what order these were in, by the way. I've just got the names of the episode. No, it's fine, yeah. So Quilly is having breakfast with all of these start with Quilly having breakfast with Angel Mouse, but they don't live together. It's always saying he's at angel mouse's house or whatever
0: don't they live together no
1: it literally says on not on all of the episodes but on some of them it says it's got my notes where it says lives on earth with his friend quilly oh well maybe he does live on some of them but on one of them he said i'm at his he's at his friend's house friend angel mouse's house or something like that um or yeah vice versa um the message comes down that he's he's got uh, if he's good all day he gets a reward so he goes around trying helping people. Um, and whenever he's helping people, they're making a noise. And at the beginning of the episode, Quillys like says, "Stop making a racket, basically." And every time, we, and then Quillys like saying, "That's not helping. Can you stop doing that?" Um, <clears throat> then he goes to help Baby Ellie, and then Baby Ellie's banging on the drums and makes a racket, and he's like, "Stop it!" Then he goes and helps Spencer, like pushing the car, but then he pushes the car really fast, and it goes into a into a pond. And, uh. Then So, basically, when, when he's helping, he can't help but not help and do the opposite. Um, but then it turns out that everyone else is actually enjoying the help. It's only Quilly that's getting annoyed with him. Um, and then um, he's he gets a reward because he's actually done some good or his good intentions are good. And his reward is a harp. And then God's saying, like, you've got to practice this. And then he's playing the harp, but he's rubbish at it. And then he's making a racket. It's annoying, Quilly. That's the uh, end of the episode next one was called a visitor for angel mouse and angel mouse and quilly are having breakfast They get a knock on the door. Uh, and and there's a message saying you've got to help this visitor go home. And it's an alien. They can't understand each other. So they go around everyone asking, uh, they ask from Spencer who has a car saying, can you help out? Uh, they, he drives around and it's not, you can't find his house. Oswald has a plane. They do the same thing. And they, he can't find the house. <clears throat> um, and then they go to Mr. Hutch's house. Is that his name? Is Hutch and Rabbit, the Rabbit? Uh, and then it turns out that Hutchkin. Mr. Hutchkin, yeah. And then the the rocket turns out that a, a, a carrot shaped rocket had crashed into um, crashed into his house. And then the the alien kind of like makes a noise and jumps back in his rocket and goes back. And then he gets his halo back for doing that. And the final episode I watched was called Bouncing Ellie Mouse. Uh, i watched that too um this bouncing ellie mom oh, bouncing Ellie, Ellie mom yeah sorry um so basically ellie mum wants to be in a sports day thing and she wants a pr- elephant sports elephant day. sports day and she wants a prize but she can't do swimming because she makes all the water come out she can't do roller skates because she's rubbish uh, she can't do a three-legged race um so then angel Mass thinks and he brings down a cloud that's a That's actually an angel trampoline, which I enjoyed. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then Ellie Mum does trampoline, and she wins a prize. And and that's all of the episodes I watched. Yeah, that's pretty much all my notes for that. I
0: watched episode two, which was Lost Dingamajig. So Angel Mouse lost his Dingamajig, and he's basically going around town trying to look for it. I did like. uh, how he goes up to spencer bear and he's like spencer bear you know everything and spencer bear's like i wouldn't say that and he's like yes you would now help me find my thingamajig and he's just basically trying to put everything on top of his head whether it was a donut whether it was (laughs) a hulu just putting loads of stuff on his head and he's like that's not it that's not it and i think that's when he realizes that you can lose your thingamajig if you're basically being a lazy sod or if you're not doing your job and then basically baby Ellie is in a pond and it looks like the elephant is drowning because elephants can't swim obviously and yeah he finds a way to save baby Ellie from the pond and that's how he gets his magic. and yeah the last episode I watched was the can't stop duck. So Oswald, the Duck has got a brand new car. Angel mouse is distracted. Cause he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, um, I want to try out his new car. And I think Quilly's like, yeah, you, you, you got work to do. You can't be messing about. And he's like, oh, I don't care about that. And then he's, um, dingamajig. <laughs> it's good said i'd have to say halo yeah yeah he's thingamajig yeah yeah he loses he's a thingamajig and he's going way too fast and they're trying to do everything in their power to stop to stop oswald the duck and so they're trying to figure it out and so he jumps into a car with spencer and he's using spencer's umbrella and the combination of the umbrella and ellie mum brings the car to a halt and he saves Oswald and he gets his Halo back and yeah, that was the last episode I watched of Angel Mouse.
1: I think it was like, it was a nice enough cartoon, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I didn't watch it. I I knew of it. I know the theme song. Yeah. And
1: yeah, it was... This was a completely new one for me.
0: Yeah, like I said, I, I didn't watch it. I no, it was it was something that I wouldn't watch because it wasn't it wasn't targeted for me. So I wouldn't I would not have gone out of my way to to watch it. But yeah, it was it was a perfectly fine cartoon. It was very short. It was very straightforward to watch. So um
1: right, let's pick. I am going to pick um, tales of the tooth fairies, um, and mostly because I like the audio and the kind of like the 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 adventure side of it. I find that really, I th- I, f- I found that the uh, angel mouse was a little bit too cutesy for me, um, uh. So I just I found the adventure more appealing of the um thing. Obviously, it had its pitfalls, and um, both of them. What I found a, a very peculiar concepts but um yeah i think uh uh tales of the tooth fairies uh edged it for me
0: um i'm also going to go with tales of the tooth fairies because i do think that it was one of those where it just brought me back to my childhood it's it, this show is probably yeah again one of the reasons why i did this uh pod in the first place i really really liked it i thought it was really 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 lovely both theme songs were really nice to listen to the stories were very straightforward it was it was something that i yeah really really enjoyed and it took me back to my childhood so in that respect yeah it's got to be tales of the tooth fairies and yeah that's a i think that's a good place to bring it to an end Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So download it, like, share, subscribe, comment, do whatever it is your podcast platform allows you to do. We're on the socials. On Instagram, it's yesterdaycapers1. On Twitter, it's yesterdaycapers. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers. You can follow me on Insta at abdullah underscore molim. Abdullah Molim on Twitter, all one word. Give me a holler, give me a shout. And uh, join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers.